0: Welcome to a new episode of the Channeling Circle of Wisdom podcast. Welcome to episode four already of our podcast. Can you believe it? This is going so fast. My name is Debita Daniela. I'm a conscious channel of the wisdom. And I'm the founder of the online Channeling Circle of Wisdom community. And we have a special guest today. His name is Mark Rogers. Mark is well known in the Sarah Lennon community, he's a channel as well, and he's also a connector of people and just a very interesting guy. I didn't have to think long about who to ask next as my next guest, and I know Mark has a lot to share that will spark your interest. So welcome, Mark.
1: Hello. Yeah,
0: we've known each other for quite a while now, we're in the same Power of Eleven group. And we've channeled for each other. Uh, we've met in person last October in Asheville, North Carolina. Would you like to introduce yourself so we get to know a bit more about you?
1: You already introduced me. I'm Mark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got that right.
1: <laughs> um, so, so I own a frame business, online frame business. And, but my hobby, my primary hobby is, has been uh, personal development. Um, and, and a lot of that is part of my, is my Zen practice and, and then, uh, which was most of my life. And then until I got into channeling and discovered the Sarah community and, and discovered uh, other channelers and, and just discovered the joy of just hanging out with people, um, other other people that are into you know the not just personal development, uh, but but going beyond that and just just mm. developing themselves spiritually, emotionally, spiritually, um, in addition to the typical Western ideas of development, like for, you know, professional development and success and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Sarah, we know each other through the Sarah Landon community, what got you into her community? What, what happened there?
1: Well, I, I was listening to Abraham for, for many years and I was always interested in law of attraction. Uh, which is a, a great aspect of the personal development, um, you know, and learning that you create your reality. And I st- stumbled across uh, Ruben Landon's show, Interviews with Extra Dimensionals. And I saw Sarah's interview with Ruben uh, of her and of her channel, The Council. And it really resonated with me deeply most of the stuff on Ruben's show and most of the people resonated with me somewhat um, but she really resonated with me and I took down her website and I went ahead and I subscribed to her email and I didn't work with her for about a year though there was another channel I ended up working with more immediately that I felt that I needed to I needed to do some other work on that she seemed to be focused on and but a year later one of Sarah's classes popped up in a newsletter and I was like oh yeah I got to I got to take that started taking that was loving the energy was wanting more of it and so I signed up for her masters community so that I could get it you know get the weekly dose of that energy and and then a little while after that she said that she was going to do a offering a semi-private channeling and I assumed it was semi-private meeting with the council, but it was actually semi-private. It was not semi-private exposure to channeling, it was semi-private class on how to channel. So yeah. I figured it out before I paid the money, but I literally started to sign up to, for a channeling course by accident. Um, <laughs> and, but I'd realized though that earlier on, and you know, I was like, well, I was like, I want more of this energy, and I was like, well, at the very least, you know, learning how to be more exposed to my intuition, um, which I've had uh, good success with that, you know, professionally and personally, you know, when I can, when I can pay attention to that, that, yeah. that intuition. And so I now realize, well, expanding that, you know, there's, you know, that's advantageous and also gets me more exposed to that energy. But yeah, so I ended up taking a deep dive uh, into that.
0: So you took the channeling course. What form of channeling do you practice at this point?
1: Uh, For the most time, automatic writing has been the primary one. And but then I actually fairly early on, I started doing meditations and I didn't realize at first that they were channeling, and it was I was doing that. I was meeting with a small group at, on Zoom, a channel practice group from my class, and <clears throat> I did not feel like I had the ability to do verbal channeling. Um, but I wanted to hang out with these people, so I would do the meditations, and I would start. I would start the group off with a meditation, and And for quite a while, I didn't realize that, that the meditation I was doing was actually channeled and until later, and eventually I I did start to realize that. And then I started to get more comfortable with uh, verbal channeling and, and now I just kind of just let it go. And so sometimes, you know, and it may be a meditation, it may be a journey, or it may be a traditional verbal channeling where you're, you're delivering a you know, a specific message. And, uh, yeah. but I've, I've gotten much better about not judging and not controlling and not worrying about it. Um, all the things that you love to do when you're trying to learn to channel and and instead just letting it flow and just see what comes. And sometimes, and it's interesting, sometimes it might, I might start with a channel and sometimes I might start with a meditation and, and, mm-hmm. and then go into channel or sometimes it might be a journey. Um, you know, to just help bring in energy for the other people that are listening. Um, yeah. And but the what but what I do that's what I do daily though I try at a minimum as I try to do the the automatic writing and that that is yeah. the one that I'm the most comfortable with. Um, especially you know it's it's just me, the pen. I'm by myself. You know, so it's easy for me not to not to worry about other people's perceptions you know of, of what's yeah, of just what's let coming the words through. flow right yeah so yeah. um so i continue to practice with the verbal but the automatic is the one that i'm most comfortable with still
0: yeah you mentioned um before that whole channeling experience um, about ruben langdon and the extra dimensionals i know from our personal conversations, that you have an interest in things like that—UFOs, um, uh, extraterrestrial life—combined um, with the Zen meditation, has this Zen meditation influenced your interests or beliefs in extraterrestrial life? Um. Or is, or is there no connection?
1: No uh i would say it probably hasn't um i was hard to remember i don't i don't really remember thinking about ets or ufos when i was a child um i just wasn't exposed to that much other than you know a little bit in some movies uh didn't really think about it uh but the zen just helps to open me in general. And to help me have a higher and broader perspective. Um, so it might help a little bit, but I, I do feel that that extraterrestrials are part of my path. I don't I don't understand exactly how yet, um, and the Zen helps me to more naturally follow my path and and the synchronicities and stuff. Uh, and, and actually uh, my connection with ETs, which I discovered after I got into the Sarah community was, a, was really a surprise to me. I mean, I've always believed in UFOs and I've always believed in other life. You know, I like the example of, you know, because there's trillions of planets. And so people assuming that we're the only planet with life, to me, I equate that to some amoebas on a grain of sand, thinking they're the only amoebas on any grain of sand on any beach on the entire planet. Um, yeah. So I've just, you know, to me, it makes sense to default to assuming that there is life, and as, as opposed to assuming there's not other life. And and I've I've not been real concerned about it, but I've I've looked into it enough, and I'd follow the you know see different documentaries and shows and stuff like that, and and it just makes it just makes sense to me so but <clears throat> and it's just been a kind of a, just a background curiosity you know once in a while you know if there's a new documentary I would catch it or something and then um, mm-hmm. and that's why I stumbled across Rubin's show and I thought that was interesting in it and it totally sense made sense. sense that that because uh, I, I I was an electrical engineer before and I understand you know communication and stuff and it makes total sense to me I mean radio is not good for communication for interstellar space travel. You don't want to be waiting a hundred years for your message, and so telepathy is the way you need to go. Um, you need to you need to bypass traditional space time if you want to have reasonable communication. And so, so it really made sense what was coming through um, on his show, and but it still me it still remained a a kind of a background curiosity. But mm-hmm. but one day I was meeting with one of the other I was doing I was supporting another person another channel in Sarah's community and and she happened her channel happened to say that they have a a Syrian and um what's the other one? Uh Palladian? Palladian, yeah. Connection. And they said that that I have a, a Palladian connection. And which was news to me, but that afternoon, I happened to have channel practice with some people from my class, and and during that, somebody started saying two of the two of the ladies started saying that uh, that they were getting Palladian connection for me. Um, one of them didn't even know what Palladian was. Um, she was just starting to say the word, and and another one had to correct her, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, that's it," and and I was. So this was two twice in the same day, completely independent people telling me I had a I had a Palladian connection. Then a few days later, I was on a meeting with uh, Reuben, and there was a channel on there that channels Palladians out of California, out of Mount Shasta. And I asked her a question and after she answered, while she was in channel and after she answered the question, um, she added and mark we're working with you in your sleep and this was her palladian channel saying that and so this was the third time in just a few days and so (laughs) and i know i mean if i hear something you know if something comes up in my reality three times in a row i i know that okay Mm. i'm supposed to hear
0: coincidence there yeah (laughs) right yeah. Have you ever received any visions, messages, or insights during your meditative practices that you believe are connected to extraterrestrial beings or energies, or maybe even pleiadians
1: Not during my Zen meditation, but um, in some of my automatic writing, I've I've connected with them, and and got some messages. Although basically they're, it's mostly along the lines of keep doing what you're doing and, um, you know, and we'll, we'll get with you more later, but there's mm. apparently there's something in the future that, um, that's going to be important. And I, and I suspect that, you know, is that it, it may be more into, you know, when we get into more into full disclosure, uh, with extraterrestrials, which, you know, i I totally believe in that. It just really just makes sense to me um yeah. that and the ascension and stuff uh i even before i came into the Sarah community it, it occurred to me many years ago just between my knowledge of science and like quantum physics and stuff and what i was learning in mm-hmm. in zen um it just it just came to me i was like yeah i'm i just i'm pretty sure in my lifetime that science and spirituality are going to merge um and not just a be, matter of time right and yeah. and that's and that's happening i mean there's many scientists now that are very open to um to consciousness mass consciousness and stuff you know and, and because of the you know yeah. the issues in the quantum physics where you know there's the observer you know and you can't separate hmm. the observer from the experiment and quantum physics you can yeah. you can deny the observer in traditional physics um pretend he's not there and not influencing it but not at the quantum level you can't do that
0: Oh, oh it's true without the observer there's nothing <laughs> you need you need the observer to see what is there and yeah everything responds to that yeah it's really fascinating quantum physics um you visited mount adams right or was it mount shasta or both
1: uh, I've been to both.
0: Oh, okay. Um, was it at Mount Adams that you had this uh, experience where someone saw a Pleiadian standing beside you, or was?
1: Yes, this was uh, this was months after being told about the Pleiadian connection, and then um, one of uh, one of my friends in Sarah's community. Um, she was looking at me and she kept glancing up you know next to me, you know kind of mm-hmm. like over here and then finally she goes, "I'm sorry, but there's this seven foot Palladian standing next to you." <laughs> and later that day, uh, a lady that's not even part of Sarah's community but is just one of you know it was Troy's friends, uh, she said the same thing she's like doing she's like I'm sorry there's this seven foot Palladian standing next to you um and these two people you know they just they happened to have just met like you know i think that day or the day before i mean so they they didn't they didn't really know each other um and i was like okay <laughs> apparently one of my Palladian buddies is here with me in mount adams
0: yeah did they other than Describing the size of this being, did they describe what he or she or it looked like?
1: No, no, they just said that it was tall and pallidian. Um,
0: okay.
1: And I think that was, like I said, that was the the main thing is you know reminding me that that they were that they were there, and mm-hmm. and I did at some of the events and stuff. I did I did feel you know energy. Um, uh-huh. And like I was being, uh, um, I was going to say worked on, but it's more like expanded, I think. Yeah. Especially yes. when we, because one of the things we did at Mount Adams was we did a, uh, you know, like a, a basically a CE5 event um, uh-huh. and, uh, and we, we saw a lot of light anomalies and stuff um that you know I don't have any explanation for um and uh but and with the energy though I believe that you know that they were definitely there energetically um, yeah. and working with all of us not just myself
0: and that that's what Mount Adams is famous for for the the sightings right. and the the appearing and disappearing lights and yeah
1: right there's Energies. the uh a, a SETI group that's there uh, hmm. for studying and trying yeah. to connect with extraterrestrials. Um, and, uh, and it did look like, I mean, there was a lot of lights just showing up in a particular part of the mountain that's believed to be kind of like a, like a, a gateway on the mount, on the side of the mountain. Um, and I don't know, I mean, unless the military is got a secret base there there's there's no roads or anything where we were seeing the lights and stuff um you know there's some paths i mean so unless you know some hikers had some bright lights that they're playing with at night i i don't know i don't know why, why else we would see what we were seeing there and then there was stuff other lights too weird lights that we saw that you know over by us you know and far away from the mountain um so so it was it was pretty fun and, and like I said, just the, you know, the energy, you know, there's, there's definitely something going on with the energy.
0: Yeah. And how, how did it make you feel to be there?
1: Uh, just like I said, just continuing the joy and the expansion, um, you know, and of course, just being with other, other high vibe people, you know, in Sarah's community, that's mm-hmm. just always, as you know, <laughs> it's just always yeah. enjoyable <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, yeah. um, which is what I've loved about, uh, you know, with my Zen and then furthermore with Sarah's really with Sarah's community too, and, and other channelers and law of attraction, you know, Abraham and stuff that, mm-hmm. um, that happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's, it's what you create within yourself and yeah when you're with other people that are focused on that, it just makes it so much easier to, to stay focused yourself.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's something we cultivate ourselves. Yeah. And when you're focused on being in that joy, in that feeling of, of being happy, content with your life, no matter what, something then happens are, to you. Yeah. Something, something, something happens and it changes your whole perspective of your reality. And that's one of the big things that I've learned that with that, you can already change so much in your life just by being in joy.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, early on, very, when I was younger, early on, I, I stumbled across the book by Osho of various meditation techniques. It was before I knew about Zen. Mm-hmm. And and with the meditation techniques and practicing with the meditation, I learned something that initially was really scary. I can totally change my perspective of reality. Yeah. And once you do that, you know, then there's the question of well then what is reality?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If you can change it, you know, you change your perspective of it, and you can literally change, you know, what your reality looks like. Then you get a, you wonder, well, it's like, well, what, what is real?
0: Hmm.
1: And as yeah. I've gone along the personal development path, I've realized that whatever you want to be real is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so now i well, yeah, so now you you I'm careful what I think about.
0: Exactly. The, the saying is be careful what you wish for, it might come true. But this is literally the truth. What you focus on and what you give meaning, that is what will unfold in your reality. And yep. if, if the first time realizing that can be very scary, because then all of a sudden you have control you didn't know you had.
1: Right. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword, Um, Mm. because on one hand, you know, you realize, oh, it's all my fault, you know, (laughs) I'm, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not other people, other circumstances and other Mm. things that are doing something to me, you know, it's what I'm creating, and Um, And initially, and that's the standard kind of like Western mythology, you know, it's like we like to judge and blame and stuff like that. And so then initially, you you know, we start to blame ourselves. Um, But by then you get past that and realize that, oh, but I have the power, though. So I don't have to give my power to my family. I don't have to give my power to my boss. I don't have to give my power to my coworkers. And I don't have to give my power to the government. You know, I can exactly. I can keep my power, I can create my reality. Yeah. I have in, control instead, of, instead of, yeah, of being a victim. In,
0: yeah, and instead of blaming yourself for making mistakes or creating things that you don't want, then you get back in your power and that allows you to take responsibility, which is a totally different view or or perception of what is going on when you take responsibility you're in charge right and that is uh something that i hear that often people that say oh yeah well now i'm to blame i'm i'm the one who caused this but if you can show them that they are not to blame but they do have a responsibility it changes things and right Most people, yeah, most people are open to hearing that. Mm -hmm. And some aren't. (laughs) Some just want to blame others. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of um, your personal meditation practice um, and spiritual practices um, that help you connect with other energies or ETs, do you have any specific ritual that you follow?
1: Um, well, my my primary thing, which has been, you know, through virtually all of my personal development, um, because early, well, early on, you know, I was blaming everybody else for everything. I thought that people were terrible. I thought the world was a terrible place. And, and I, and so that that was my belief and and uh and my circumstances reflected that belief i had a terrible life um once i learned meditation and started learning that i could shift my perspective and then learning that i could i could change how i thought about things and i realized that could change how uh how that 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 literally changed my life and and so I eventually, I found, I discovered Zen um, and felt like I was, like I had done it before. Um, and, and so I, so that the primary focus with that though is just, you know, is daily meditation. And, uh, or in Zen, it's called Zazen. And it's really just, it's not really so much a meditation as it is just practice staying in the present moment, just being in the present and allowing your mind to quiet, not forcing it to quiet because you can't force your mind, you know, to do anything. Um, it's like trying to force yourself to go to sleep. You don't, you don't force yourself to go to sleep. You allow yourself to go to sleep. And so you allow your, with the Zazen, you allow your mind to quiet and go into the present moment and and I like, I like to try to do that um, 25, 35 minutes a day, every day, you know, in the morning. And, and when you quiet your mind and you don't have uh, such a barrage of thoughts, um, it makes it easier during the day because you, you have a little bit of a gap between your thoughts. If you have a little bit of a space between your thoughts, then it's easier for you to to catch those thoughts and to observe those thoughts and and not get carried away with those thoughts Um, because the typical programming you know that we have uh, you know from starting in early childhood and totally supported by the school systems and families and media and everything is is you know the fear and negativity Um, and of course a lot of the game the three-dimensional game on earth it's 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 about you know survival and stuff and so your survival-based thinking you know where you have to worry about lack and separation and survival you know and having enough money having a place to live you know you have to go fight for all that stuff so it's it's real natural programming and natural thinking and so so you get a little thing and like like you see a little thing negative you know like like you just notice a bill um is a little bit higher than you thought and then it's easy for your mind to just run away with that and eventually think oh i'm gonna end up homeless um (laughs) and but if you can if you can see that and catch that before that train gets too much momentum and too much energy um then you can you're much more likely to be able to shift it um and so over the years as I've, i've done that it's just allowed me to have more uh, more control over my mind and to use my mind, you know, as a tool, as opposed to my mind, you know, uh, just running away Not on its sure. own. Yeah. Right. And, and also too, it allows me to have more awareness and to see more of my beliefs and stuff and saying, so have a better chance of seeing what beliefs are working for me and what beliefs aren't working for me. Um, Cause, and I've been, doing the personal development and spiritual seeking and stuff for decades, over 30 years. And I've not come across anything that's real other than just consciousness and love. That's, that's all I've ever found. Everything else is, is instantaneous and temporary manifestations and perceptions and perspectives and stories and stuff yeah. but but when you dig down underneath all of that like I said I've, I've never found anything other than just consciousness and love that's it
0: well that's a great thing to know I mean mm. to have that, that experience after decades of looking into these things and that's a good confirmation for our viewers and listeners that that is all there is consciousness and love um your connection with the entities or energies that you channel, um, and maybe ETs that you connect with, um, do they influence your day-to-day life and work?
1: When I allow, <laughs> which, which is the, which is the game I'm practicing, is learning to allow uh, more than I don't allow, and. And that's actually something that's really great about my life this past this past year. I've I'd say that you know sometime in the past year, maybe year and a half, I got to where I'm allowing probably more than more, more than fifty percent of the time, instead of not allowing. Um, and it's just so much better <laughs> when I do that when I allow you know a higher perspective whether it's my higher self or guides angels uh et's you know um it's just so much easier coming from that higher perspective of of just knowing that everything is love everything is working out everything is working for me um nothing is happening to me it's all happening for me um things like that and uh yeah, and like, like if I have an, a little, you know, disagreement with my, with my wife, you know, and instead of going back into the old ways of, you know, judging her and trying to fix her, you know, and listening to, um, you know, my guides, you know, who might let me know, you know, just tell her you love her and that if she's wants to talk, you know, that you're available. And then letting her be in her space and and letting her do her thing um whereas you know in the old way you know it be much more likely to you know turn into a major argument um instead of um turning into uh an intimate loving moment you know where she shares something with me and we both you know we both expand from it yeah yeah
0: i can relate i it's still a a learning process for me (laughs) when I'm in an argument with my husband I tend to usually still respond in a way that is not very helpful (laughs) but I'm trying and those intimate loving moments come usually not too uh, much later after something happened and I'm back in my own space and in my um, connection with Source. And then I can come from my heart without the judgment and without trying to fix things or trying to pose my views on him. Because that's that's my main issue. We are totally different people. He does believe a lot of the things that I stand for but not everything and when he is having difficulty with something that happened and is in a mode of this is happening to me i just want him to see it from my perspective (laughs) it's just a game it's not real (laughs) let it go and that's like oil on fire (laughs) it doesn't work Yeah, Yeah.
1: because he probably wants you to see it from his perspective. And and yeah, that's what I would do with my wife. We're both fighting to try to get, you know, our perspectives across. But in reality, they don't really matter. They're just just perspectives.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and bottom bottom line is, in that case as well, there's only love. And when there's love between two partners, even though you're in disagreement about uh, things it never takes away the love. And if you can find each other back in that again, then it doesn't matter that you have a different stance on something.
1: Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think we're similar. Cause my wife is not into, you know, the, the channeling and the Sarah community and stuff. Um, she is, she is on her own personal path and, mm-hmm. and she's been expanding uh, like I have, you know, over the, over the decades um but but yeah, she's on a unique path, but it's a very it also helps. I mean sometimes it's frustrating, um, because sometimes we don't understand each other's perspectives, but mm-hmm. but then it's also expansive because it helps us broaden our perspectives when we should, yeah. when we choose to allow it yeah. <laughs> and not and not fight it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the next question I had is a bit about this. How do you integrate your extraordinary experiences and beliefs into your daily life and interactions with others who may not share the same views? Well, that's exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> How do you yeah, handle um, that?
1: I I try to do that with everybody. I It's funny, I do have to be careful, though, about not telling my employees, I love them. Um, that, (laughs) you know, if (laughs) if I were, maybe if I were female, you know, I could, I could get away with that more, but, but yeah, so I have, uh, you know, traditional employees that, I mean, some of them are, but some of them, you know, they're not, you know, they're not into the metaphysical spiritual development path like I am. And so, uh, so that'll be that can be a little bit odd. Although I have actually, you know, at a meeting, you know, say something like "I love you guys" or something like that. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to incorporate it as much as possible, but, um, uh, but not necessarily, you know, like, uh, you know, just like one-on-one, um, yeah. which whereas in our community, you know, it's common for us to tell each other that we love them and stuff. Yeah. But,
0: men and women
1: alike. Yeah. Right. But yeah. And I've, uh, Oh, one of the things that I've done is sometimes when I, when I'm not necessarily happy with how the business is going is, is channel the business and, you know, and just, you know, with the automatic writing, just say, you know, uh, cause my business, I mean, it's called frame destination. So I say, you know, what does frame destination have to say or, or ask a more specific question about, you know, how it's doing. Um, because I, I do believe you know that there's, everything is energy, and it's exactly. it's all energy. It's all consciousness, and you know, on one hand that can seem kind of goofy because it's not it's not an individual sentient being like another human is, um, but it is a collective of of conscious energy that's, um, that's a combination of the consciousness of the of the employees that I've hired and the energy and, and the energy that I've put into it and stuff. And, and also, too, that, you know, the, the vendors and the customers, you know, it's that collective, it's a collection of energy. Yeah. Anyway, so I would, I'll, I'll try, you know, to, uh, to treat it as such and to communicate with it like that. And, uh, but I, I also like, too, there's a, um, you know, to remember that it's, that in reality, it's, it's all me. There's all just, there's just one consciousness and it's, yeah. and that it's all me. Um, So it doesn't matter, you know, whether I, you know, try to connect with an extraterrestrial, an angel, God, Source, my higher self, you know, in, yeah. the, in the end, it's really all me. Um, yeah. And I'm just a particular perspective myself.
0: Yeah. And a, a, a particle of Source, as is everything. Right. And thus, everything has that energy. I always say everything is energy and everything can communicate. Every energy has uh, a consciousness. So right. Cause we that's can channel. We can channel everything.
1: Right. It's like, like money. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like the energy of money. That's, that's a very interesting, um, energy to channel. And I encourage everyone listening or viewing this to try that if you are capable and everyone is capable but if if you already tried automatic writing try to channel the energy of money and see what that energy has to share with you cuz usually very interesting words come out from money they that energy has so much to say cuz we are so messed up most of us are so messed up when it comes to money. So yeah,
1: um, I love I love that. And a particular perspective that I found really beneficial was to was to channel money and ask what was my relationship with it, and uh, because that you know your relationship with money that affects you know your reality with money. And when I did that, you know, of course, the first thing that came up was resistance, and I was like, obviously, um, I could I could have more, so I'm resisting. Uh, but I, you know, I said, okay, can you be more specific? And mm-hmm. and it what came back was concern about having enough. And then I'd realized that uh, because we had bought a well, we well, well, bought the house, but then we switched to a uh, a shorter mortgage, so our monthly payments went up and then my in a similar time frame my or just before that my business had to move into a much larger space so it's it's overhead went up and and there was this background gnawing feeling that i had in of of having enough to pay the new rent for the business and also to pay for you know our new loan on our house and and that was creating uh, a a lot of resistance you know, because you, if you have a fear of having enough, well, then that, that sets up energy and belief around having enough. And so how much money do you allow? Just enough. Yes.
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I have the same experience. When you get in more money, then all of a sudden your bills go up. Or there's a raise in the, the, the rent or... It, it always stays in level and that's because you only allow a certain amount of money
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's all about the allowing and when you open up and specifically when you get in conversation with the energy of money to get to know what, what am I doing, how am I interacting with that energy because it's not just coins and bills, it's much more than that it goes way beyond bank accounts and what's in your wallet Mm -hmm. and when you start to see that and you get to understand that it is in the allowing which is up to you and it has to do with your perspective your view of money and when you change that the, the whole flow of money changes and Suddenly, money can come flow in, and things that you were used to pay for a certain amount get lowered or things just start to shift. that's really to me that's magical. <laughs> I really like those those things happening yeah,
1: and the icing on the cake is you're just happy in the moment
0: mm. yeah, yeah, true, and it takes away the. The worrying because I can relate to people that worry about money. I used to worry a lot about money. And I've just let that go. Cause when you worry, you hold on to fear. And that fear is consuming you and is creating your reality. That's what you focus on. If you yep.
1: if you're I love the definition of this definition of worry. It's using your imagination to create a reality you don't want.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, in a, let's go back to the, to the ET conversation. I, I find it fascinating. In a world that is usually skeptical about extraterrestrial life, how do you navigate conversations with skeptics? And What would you say to someone who's open-minded, but hesitant about these concepts?
1: Um, well, I like, I like the example of the amoebas on the grain of sand and, uh, I, of course I don't, I don't push people. Um, you know, every, everybody's on their own journey and. And everybody has in their reality what they need. You know, I mean, if they don't need ETs in their reality, they don't, I don't need them. It's, you know, it's, and I try, I try not to judge. Um, I'm I'm not perfect at it. You know, my human, you know, will, you know, still likes to, it likes to think about things and it likes to categorize and, and judge. And, uh, but I do, and generally I'm, I'm okay with it because most people tend to, you know, be in, you know, yes they're here we're already working with them um they've always been here and then there's some other people although i don't run into them too much that you know that just don't believe them in at all i think most people are just just kind of open you know they just they just don't know you know they're not yeah they're not on one fence or the other i do have a very good friend though that's um he's he actually he's actually lived in india for for 15 years got a phd in yoga um he's very ascended very spiritually wise um he's been a good he's been a mentor uh to me um but and he believes he definitely believes wholeheartedly that there are extraterrestrials um but he's in the, he's in an unusual space where he just doesn't believe that they're having anything to do with earth though that they're not that they're not here and they're not doing anything with us. And and to him he thinks it's silly that they would be playing this hide and seek game. Um mm-hmm. and and so so it, it, it can be very and he's a close friend, so it can be very frustrating um, you know, talking to him and and we've actually had to just, you know, verbally say, okay, we need to just agree
0: to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing to do. <laughs> um, what are your future plans or aspirations in exploring these subjects further? Like ETs, Zen, channeling?
1: Um, That has been something that has been a bit of a quandary for me. Uh, I don't know. Um, I... You know, when I was a child, I I was I dreamt of being a computer engineer. You know, before I got, well, before I graduated high school, and, and that was my dream, and I knew that I wanted to do that. I have a story about that if you're interested, but I I I became the computer engineer and had a had a great career, and and then I left it to open a business, and and that was a major change for me. Um, it was, it was, it was really tough. I mean, making that decision, you know, cause that was, that was my whole being was just, you know, my, all my identity was wrapped up in being an engineer, um, more so than being a husband. I mean, I almost, almost lost the marriage because, because of that, because my, I was so wrapped up in that, but anyway, when I left that. It woke me up to realizing that I can change and that I can have, you know, different lives you know within this life you know because i went from engineer to business owner and once i did that then it, i became aware it's like okay well business owner is not the final step there's going to be something after that but i don't know what it is now all that all that came to me was that it it did not have a lot to do with my my Singular egoic consciousness idea of myself, um, mm-hmm. as it was one of my uh, Zen retreats where you're you're meditating for days. You know, it came to me that the what I what I incarnated for, you know, as a singular egoic consciousness was done. That I I completed the bulk of that, and. Mm-hmm. And not that I need to transition, but that I needed to turn my life over to my higher self, basically. Um, yeah. And it was a few years later that I came into Sarah's community where, um, where the ideas that we're part of the council and that we did come here to help people ascend and stuff. So, so all I know right now is that it's, it's more about what my higher self is, is here for. And, yeah. and so I'm working to, to just be in my heart as much as I can and to be out of, out of my head, into my heart. So like, like, and that's why I like channeling. That's why I like encouraging people to channel is because it's, you're, you're actively going from your head into your heart. And, and when you're doing it with somebody else, it's easier to stay focused in that energy longer. Um, you know, like, like you and I right here, right now, just, just communication. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I'm not worrying about my business. I'm not worrying about the house. I'm not worrying about the bills and stuff, you know, um, whereas if I'm right, whereas if I'm by myself, you know, I can be focused for a little while, but then it's it's much easier for me to get distracted into all of those things. And, uh, so, so now I'm just, I'm trying to allow, and that's my, my actual, my understanding too of the Ascension process is that the main, one of the big differences is that we as humans will allow our higher self to incarnate within our being at a much greater level um than than traditional and that that's part of the reason that like for the physiological upgrades and stuff like that is to allow the higher broader energy to inhabit our our human um, so my, my my focus now is to just to allow that and and then like a, another channel that i listen to talks about um you know like allowing your heart blueprint which is like you know what your higher self um it's it's idea of your destiny so i'm allowing that to yeah. to manifest as much as i can um and just yes
0: yeah, turn it's like myself the, over and surrender like, that, to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. like the uh, event i did a few months ago um to let your soul be the one in the driver's seat of your life. Right. That's for most of us, the the reason why we are here and why we are doing this work, this channeling work, is to shine our light and show other people the reality of who they are. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah and so mostly just allowing myself to open, you know, and allow allow that light to light up and to flow. Um and then how that will manifest, I don't know, um, and and I believe, and it makes sense to me. I understand now um, that that I don't yet know exactly how that's going to work out, um, because it would potentially distract me from what I'm doing, you know, right now, um, yeah, and because Just you know, I, I know. Light. Right. Because I'd have known about getting into channeling and stuff like that before I became a business owner, you know, that would have, I I may not have become a business owner, I may not have, I may have, you know, you know, so that that would have been a distraction from that. And, and all of those experiences and stuff. And I really do. And, you know, I've I've seen, I've had enough experiences and I've seen how they've allowed me to expand um, and to, and to mature. And so, you know, I can be grateful for all of the experiences, the good ones and the bad yeah. ones, um, because I am happy with where I am now. And it took all of that. And and the main ones that were the most beneficial weren't the good ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True that. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Um, it's a lot of things to talk about in just one hour time. Do you have any advice for viewers or listeners or who are intrigued by meditation or extraterrestrial life, Zen Buddhism, anything you want to give viewers to take along?
1: Yeah, I got from one of my Zen teachers, like I got a a really good advice on that because consciousness is infinite. And you can do so much and there's, you can explore so much with it. So the the two things that I try to look for as I'm exploring different paths and teachings and experiences is, uh, one, do the teachings seem to be reminding you of something you already know? And so that's number one. And then number two, which I think is very important, is do the teachings help you feel empowered as opposed to disempowered? So, so I go after those two things. If they meet those two requirements, um, well, actually, let me throw in a third one. Uh, does it bring you joy? You know? So if it's, so if the teachings, you know, if they, if you, if you feel like they're reminding you of what you already know, because you do already know them. Um, and, they're empowering and joyful. Then then go with it. Yeah. And and go with it as much as you can.
0: Good advice. Yeah. What is your vision for this new year 2024? Do you have any specific ideas or plans or just go with the flow?
1: Um I for myself personally I see myself opening to my higher self much more and just uh, just uh, I see like a, just more fun and joy and abundance um, and I and I well I know that and I and I know that for so many other people too um, I also know that there's there's going to continue to be chaos um, with the you know with the greater uh, community of humanity um because they're ascending too you know and that's part of the ascension process you know is is seeing the seeing the old energies so that you can release them and and i know for myself personally you know that can be very chaotic um and i believe i've gotten to the point now where i'm I'm not resisting as much so it's a lot easier so the the ascension expansion and stuff it's a lot easier you know i don't i don't require the chaos and i've not been seeing the chaos in this past year um i've been needing more naps um (laughs) as for upgrades and stuff like that but um but my life is is much more serene and peaceful though um but you know there's there's humans at all levels that with all kinds of different requirements and they're on all kinds of different journeys and stuff but but everything does appear to be accelerating the energy is accelerating and and amping up. And so, so in the, the outside world, like I said, it'll probably, you know, continue to be some chaos. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And, and I'm hopeful to be staying in my heart so that I can just observe it objectively instead of getting entangled with it. And I, I love this. One idea is that, you know, when you're in your heart, um, and working from your higher self and and seeing things from your higher self, it's like being in the eye of the storm. You know you can see the chaos around you but but you're not you don't have to be in it you don't have to you can be in the peace and serenity and i've 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 literally been through hurricanes and and it's it's amazing i mean where there's just you know all this chaos and then oh it's it's peaceful and there's no wind and it's seems great you know and but then you get to the other side of it and then you're in the chaos again but if you stay in your heart you can stay in the eye of the storm. Um, and have the peace and serenity while everything, while everybody else is, you know, exploring their journeys and expanding yeah, in well, their way. Well.
0: That's a great metaphor, the hurricane, mm. the eye of the storm. Yeah. Um, is there anything I haven't asked that you would like our viewers or listeners to know about you?
1: Um, I love love.
0: Good one, yeah um how and where can people connect with you if they want to get to know you on a more personal level
1: um well actually i I have a website or a blog um that i've i'm it's uh it's a little bit behind but i have i've been i'm working on updating it and trying to keep it more current but um but it's just mark elliot dot com and yeah, yeah. I assume you can throw that up later.
0: Hey, yeah, and, uh, I will uh, add it. In the, <laughs> yeah, it will appear on the screen and in the description of this video <laughs> and audio. Um, I think this is about the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation, Mark. It was a pleasure to learn more about you and your spiritual path and I'm sure you've inspired others with it as well. Thank you, viewers, listeners, for joining us today. It was a really nice time spent together with Mark. If you'd like to see or hear more such podcasts, make sure you're a subscriber or follower of the Channeling Circle of Wisdom podcast. And you can find more about me and my work on my website, tabitodaniella.com. You can connect with me as well as with Mark and other channels. In my free channeling circle of wisdom community, which is also on my website. Um, and if you sign up to my newsletter, you get my free ebook, Introduction to Channeling, where I give you some good tips how to start with channeling yourself. So thanks again, and till the next episode of the Channeling Circle of Wisdom podcast. Bye. <music>